right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools. I'm Jeff Udick, your host here today, and uh, filling in for Trisha, who happens to be away this week. So I had the honor of doing this interview all on my own. And today we're going to be learning from and talking to Elliot Mack, who is a co-founder of Diagon Esports. Those of you that have been listening to our esports mini-series We'll know that Diagon Esports was one of our sponsors during this mini series, and we are so appreciative of Diagon and Elliot uh, to step up and uh, to be a sponsor of this. I think this has just been, for myself personally, one of the the best mini series that we've done. It has opened my eyes to so many things around esports uh, that, as a non gamer myself, I think the last game I played was Duck Hunt. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, just uh, a credible learning for myself around this idea of how do we bring student culture into our classroom? And esports is one of those ways that we can do that. And if we're not, if we're not bringing esports into our schools, then we're missing a segment of our population that we might not be engaging or we can engage differently. And I think that is doing a disservice to our kids. And so I, my hope is, is by the time we finish this up, we're wrapping up this mini series that we're thinking about, are we engaging all of our students? And are we leaving something on the table by not inviting esports into our schools? Because we have students. We all know we have students who who are into esports and gaming. And uh, hopefully throughout this mini series, you've heard and, and you've learned as much as I have that it's not about the game. It's about the conversations and the community and the skill set that kids are creating by gaming. And that's one of the things I, I really appreciate about today's interview with Elliot is really what he talks about is how Diagon Esports got started. And this is what I wrote down is this just friendship, passion, conversation, action. You're going to hear today how he formed a friendship through gaming with his co-founder. That friendship through the game then became a passion and their passion was gaming. And, the, and they start to set up their own little leagues over the summer uh, during COVID and how much uh, gaming meant to Elliot uh, during COVID where he felt disconnected. You know, he is a third culture kid. So he's grown up in different cultures that are not his own. And, you know, he's stuck in an apartment in Washington, DC. He can't go, he can't get out to go, uh, to go be with his parents during COVID and gaming was a way that he stayed connected and stayed connected with his friends. So it's this friendship uh, through the passion of gaming that leads to conversations that starts Diagon Esports. And I think that to me is just incredible. And, you know, here's a, and I'm going to call him a kid because he's a lot younger than me. <laughs> you know, here's a kid who had a vision, went out and and, and made it work. And uh, if you haven't been over to the, the Diagon Esports website, I really uh, encourage you to do that. DiagonEsports.com. You can go over there. Again, Elliot, you're going to hear in today's interview is just so willing to help and support. And if you don't know what your next step is, reach out. It's it's free to book a call with Elliot and his team, and and they can you could be feel to fr be free to say, I'm a seventh grade ELA teacher. I want to know what my next step is. Can you help me? Um, and that's what they're here to do. And they're here to really just support kids. And that's what I love. That's what I like looking for in sponsors as well as those that are here to um, support students. And that's really what this is about is supporting all kids, uh, regardless of where their passions lie. How do we get those kids engaged uh, to build the skills that we know that they're going to need for the future. So I'm excited uh, for you to hear this uh, interview. I think it's great whenever we get to hear how 
these um, ideas come to be. You know, the last part of the words I wrote down was action. He went out, he found some partners, he figured out how to get this started. And uh, him and Eunice went, uh, you know, end up co-founding this thing and, and, are, and are growing it. And I think it's so great. If you're an international school or international school teacher, uh, please do go visit DiagonEsports.com. And, you know, do us a favor. If you do reach out to them, please let them know that you heard about it on the podcast. Say, hey, I was listening to Shifting Schools and, uh, you know, wanted to reach out because that just helps them to know the, how uh, their sponsorship is working as well. So uh, a great, just a, a great interview of, I love interviewing young people who are doing amazing things. That's really what this comes down to. Young people doing amazing things. And I love supporting them whenever they can. So I love giving them a platform to uh, talk about uh, Daigon Esports and everything that they're doing to support schools, international schools specifically as a third culture kid, saw a need, saw a gap, uh, and decided to do something about it. So uh, you're going to love this interview. Uh, this is Elliot Mack from a co-founder of DaigonEsports.com. Again, thank you to Daigon Esports for being a sponsor of this entire not so many mini series on esports. Uh, so enjoy this episode. And with that, on with the show. All right. Well, Elliot, welcome to the Shifting Schools podcast. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited for our conversation. Thank you. And uh, again, thank you so much to Daigon Esports for being a sponsor of this not so many mini series. Uh, I will tell you, I had uh, when we started this this mini series, I had no idea, number one, how big the esports industry was. Number two, how passionate people are, specifically around esports in schools. Uh, and so our poor little mini series of four to six has turned into, I think we're at 11 episodes. Uh, but thank you so much uh, for Daigon uh, Esports for uh, stepping up and being a sponsor of the podcast. Everyone who's been listening to this knows uh, you've, you've heard the, the sponsorships throughout. So we really appreciate that. We wanted to give an opportunity because when you and I met uh, for the sponsorship, you have such a great story. And I wanted to make sure that educators got to hear your story of even how this company came to be. Uh, and, and a passion of yours was esports in school. So let's start, let's start with that. You're an international student who loves playing esports. Start from there. Yeah. So really this began, um, you know, way back, uh, in, I guess, high school. Um, so I'm, a, as you said, international school, uh, alumni grew up in Brussels and Istanbul, um, very much a third culture kid. Um, you know, yeah. my dad's American, my mom's French. Um, so, you know, very international background as, you know, educators in international schools will be quite familiar with. Um, yeah. and so when I was in Istanbul, so I arrived in Istanbul, my, School was great, right on the Bosphorus, uh, beautiful. I arrived in Istanbul, and I, I, I had this really good friend of mine uh, named Valentine, um, who he was telling me always about one of his really good friends from his previous school, uh, which was in Copenhagen. So he had come from Copenhagen mm -hmm. to Istanbul. I'd come to Brus from Brussels to Istanbul. And he was telling me about all his different friends and whatever. And we ended up um, meeting them one summer, actually, uh, when we were we ended up all together on vacation in Italy. Uh, I think it was oh, kind cool. of as a as a senior senior trip or, trip or, or something. something. And 
Yeah. And so we're in Milan and and I meet um Eunice, who, you know, at the time I had no idea where this was going, but we kind of just met uh briefly on that trip. I think it was one or two days. Um but then we actually connected as a lot of, you know, kids do. Um we stayed in yeah. contact and we started actually playing video games together. Um and so, you know, we were across by then we were kind of like, you know, at uh in college um and you know across continents i was in the u.s he was in europe and we started gaming together and that's really where kind of a a friendship our friendship really blossomed um and we you know shared a ton in common because we had lived both in a ton of places he's sure moroccan and danish had lived in morocco france and denmark you know similar experiences and we really connected and uh and you know very much so developed a friendship through gaming um and when you say developed a friendship through gaming, was that like your main form of communication with each other? Yeah. Like, did you text message and do all that? Or was it like, we're going to like the text message was let's hop in the game. And that's where the friendship, the friendship was the friendship formed through the game. I'd say, yeah. I mean, obviously we, we also texted, yeah. but I'd say that like, yeah. you know, that that's, what's so beautiful about gaming is that it's, and, and, you know, you'll hear this again and again during this episode, but it's about the game, but it's about so much more than that. Right. It's about everything else that yeah. happens around it whether that's for kids and the skills they build um, or whether that's for friendships. Like the game is just a place where we can be and interact and have fun while we talk. And actually those conversations while we were playing are what led me to be here today. Right. Uh, Because, you know, one of the big conversations we had um, and this was during COVID. So this was like a bit later after we'd met, et cetera. um, He had actually just visited me, uh, in DC and locked down, I'm all alone, like in an apartment on campus. Cause I couldn't go home to where my parents lived. Couldn't go home again. You know, everyone is always like, Oh, it's so great. You've moved around everywhere and whatnot. But I think during COVID, a lot of people realized, you know, the limitations and some of the challenges that might right. come with that. And so I'm alone in this apartment in DC. And, you know, honestly, we were gaming like together every day. And I think it was like such an yeah. important support for me to have. Uh, but it also meant that we were talking so much and exchanging so many ideas. And one of those conversations we had was, well, you know, esports is massive. Like at the pro level, it's huge, right? Like we had, yeah. like we had just read that like two years before that, the the League of Legends like finals, which is one of the biggest games in esports, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons five player versus yeah. five player in a video game had like surpassed the Super Bowl in terms of viewership, right? Um, so yeah, massive, right? right? You you have like forty million dollar prize pools, prize pools yeah, for right. like um, you know some of the biggest esports tournaments, you know, um, in like Dota two to the which is another uh, kind of similar game. And so we're here and we're like, well, esports is so massive, especially during COVID. Everybody was starting to kind of like see that, and we're like. You know, we love playing together. We were also playing with some other friends and it was such a great way for us to connect and whatever. We were like, you know, and we were part of the same network of schools growing up and we we're like, you know, how fun would it have been if when we were in school, you know, my group of friends, including Valentine, who had introduced us, were playing against their group of friends, the one that we had met in Italy, right, that summer. Um, and we had actually played um, a football, like soccer game that summer. And that was a lot of fun. We were like, what if we were just doing that, you know, every week and and playing? And so we started just like kind of fantasizing about what that would have been like. Um, And, you know, from there, we both kind of were really 
um, passionate about entrepreneurship. And we just kind of one thing led to another and uh, we started doing it together. And so, you know, we really were um, on a mission to, to bring this back to who we were. Uh, and, and, you know, that is really kind of our dream. Um, and yeah, so that's really how it all started. And then along the way, we kind of met uh, David and Gary, who had, you know, previously founded a activities management platform and worked with over, you know, 500 international schools for like 10 years and have a ton of experience. And so, you know, we really kind of teamed up with them to make sure that we could kind of execute on that dream and on that vision. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, now we're really excited to to start bringing esports to um, you know international schools and and kind of helping them um, empower their students uh, and and you know unlock a, a new world of opportunities, which I'm sure we'll we'll discuss more. Yeah, I, well, it's just just such a great story, and I think this is it. You know, uh, you bring up the the pandemic and how. I think you're right. I think esports and just gaming for a lot of a lot of students uh, was a way to connect or stay connected with your friends and friendship groups, and you know, and we did see a, a large explosion during that and coming out. Can kind of reflect on this last year. You know, we're recording this uh, in July. We're just done with the 2022-23 school year. Talk a little bit about what this year was for Diagon Esports. What what are some of the things that you saw growth in, uh, and and some of the things maybe around leagues that you that you were able to hold? Um, what did this What did this past year look like for you as a company? Yeah, so I think that um, this past year was really great because we talked to like a ton of schools, um, and I think that you know we had the opportunity to kind of like start out pilot out our leagues uh, and our after school mm-hmm. club, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk more about. And at the same time as well, talked to a bunch of schools who were really, really excited about this. Um, And I think that, you know, it's really helped us kind of like put our purpose out there. And I feel like schools Mm -hmm. are now starting, you know, we've started to hear from schools that have heard from other schools um, about, you know, kind of what our mission and purpose is. And I think that, um, you know, we've really managed to kind of express and have our mission come across of, helping international schools make the most of their students' passion for video games. And so I think that, you know, that has been kind of like, it's kind of like the ignition um, sure. is, is there. And we've had some great stories from our pilot leagues and from our school visits that I'm, I'm sure I'll get to share. But yeah, I think that that's the, been the most exciting is schools understanding that there is um, a passion here from their students, right? Like this is yeah. about meeting students where they are. Like the reason I'm here is because not only because I play video games, it's because 90% of teens play video games, right? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and so, so yeah, um, I think that schools have really, we've been really, I think the highlight of this year is how, you know, school, especially school heads have understood um, that this is, is really like a, a, just another hook, right? In the same way that arts yeah. can be a hook, in the same way that sports can sure. be a hook. This is just another hook that they have so many students that are interested in, especially sometimes students that are harder to reach with these other more traditional hooks, and that this can be such right. a great tool for for kind of inclusion and for really just, yeah, um, you know, empowering their students through, you know, a passion of theirs. And I think that, if I just said that, right, do you want to empower your students through one of their passions? And, you know, everybody would say, yeah, exactly. 
every educator says yeah. yes. And I think that they've now started to realize like, oh yeah, there are so many benefits here. And yeah, so I'd say that's really been the highlight. Yeah, and I think there's, I, I love that. And I think, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is how, you know, how do we invite student culture into our schools? And this is just one of those ways, right? For for better or for worse. And you don't have to understand all the ins and outs of esports or the, the hot game of the moment. But you do have to understand that for a lot of, not, you know, for a lot, for a lot of our students, gaming, esports gaming or computer gaming is something that they're into. And so how do we use it as a hook in our schools? And I think there's a there's a really wide gap that we're, I'm hoping that through this mini series, there's a really wide gap for me between the teacher who is who is saying, get off your computer, you're spending too much time gaming, and the opposite end of every kid's got to be a gamer, which I don't believe, right? But in between there is just this idea that if I'm a, if I'm a teacher and kids are in my classroom talking about gaming, then I'm not shutting down those conversations, right? I'm finding ways to appreciate the all of the, you know, all of the, for lack of a better word, soft skills that kids are creating that, that I can appreciate that this is part of their culture. And it's in that middle ground of not saying every kid or every school has to have, you know, a top elite esports league, but also making sure we're getting away from this idea of I want kids off computers. There's no good things that are going to happen through these games, you know, the opposite end of that. And I think it's that middle ground that is where we as educators need to be when we're inviting student culture into our classroom. And one of the things I love that you are doing is you are creating all these different pathways for schools to get involved. You've mentioned it a couple of times, and this is where I'd like to start with some of your products is your after school club. The things that I've read about your after school esporting club is to me, you know, one of the, the, the great things that I think you could bring into a school pretty easily. Can you talk a little bit more uh, about your, your after school club product? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, so, you know, I think that the core of it is really to transform students from players into creators, right? So take those students that are really passionate about playing and allow them to develop kind of a wide variety of, you know, key 21st century skills, whether that be coding, troubleshooting, creating, innovating, you know, thinking critically, and do that all through their interest for video games, right? So so use mm-hmm. that as the, the hook, the pathway, but really kind of expand their worldview. Um, and as you said, it's a really easy way to get started because we provide all the content. All the school needs to do is have a teacher there that can like oversee and supervise the students. They get to get upskilled. You just need a computer exactly. lab, just right? Is it usually a computer lab. lab or? They can, the teacher can get upskilled with the students and start realizing some of the potential of this and, you know, why this might be so empowering. And yeah, and we really put the students on a pathway from, you know, exploring video games, exploring the history of video games, starting to build um, kind of some mini games and some mini like monuments and build challenges in Minecraft, exploring, like taking that further into like, how do you build a map in Minecraft? How do you like add code to that map to make it interactive? Um, for the middle school students, it's pretty quickly going into like Roblox game design, right? So understanding how you start cool. designing games for other people to play. Um, and, and I think that at the core of it lies also this feeling of empowerment that I think is mm. so important, especially like in the 21st century already, but especially with AI, it's it's becoming just like more and more important of like owning, you know, being able to own and build something just really changes, I think, your worldview. 
Um, you know, going from like, the, and, and whether you're a painter or an artist, like whatever it might be, like the, the ability to go from nothing and create something kind of out of thin air, right, that you built that's yours is such a great feeling and so, so important. Um, and I think that, you know, for, for kids passionate about video games, there's such a wide range of things that they could be doing um, and, and, you know, learning all these skills to start building. Um, so that's really um, the way we do it. I mean, a, as you said, it's really easy on schools, own schedules, weekly sessions. Um, we provide kind of a closed, secure platform where the students just log in, go through the session every week. It's modular, six to 12 weeks, depending on, on schools' needs. Um, and yeah, I mean, the vision for there as well is to ideally, you know, start connecting also the international school network, um, and, and kind of having a community of internationally minded, uh, you know, gamers and builders that, you know, we could even have a repository of like published games by our students that other students can try out, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's kind of where we're going with that as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's really about giving an opportunity for the students to to start building skills through their and passion. What age is this curriculum for? Like, do you go all the way down to kindergarten or is it like so, third grade up or? Where's... Yeah. So it's, it's made, for, we have like an under 12 and kind of over 12. Um, okay. uh, we have two kind of pathways um, depending on how schools feel about their students, sure. their population. Um, but we've had it with kind of kids um, in the last two years of elementary school. So like ages nine to 11, basically. And then ages sure. kind of okay. 12 and up. Um, but okay. honestly, yeah, it could start as, as young as like seven or eight, depending on, on school interest. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a great way for, for schools to get involved. And again, uh, if you head over to, uh, Digon Esports, you can, uh, book a free 30 minute call with Elliot and the team and, uh, they'll help you get started with it. But I do think it's such a great way. And, you know, you touched on this as a third culture kid as well, is one of the things about being an international student uh, and being a third culture kid is you do move a lot. I mean, a lot of kids don't very rarely in the international world do kids, you know, K through 12 at the same yeah. school. And I think finding programs like this where, you know, if I move from Turkey to Brussels and I know that they have an esports program because maybe I was in competition with them, I already have an in. I might even even already know some of those students when I move to that school because we were playing in some kind of league game. And I'm thinking more of like middle school, high school. Can you talk about maybe some of those connections that you've yeah. seen and, and the, the league aspect that you guys also Definitely. Provide? So so actually one of our coaches um, at one of the international schools in, in Sofia, uh, Bulgaria, uh, actually shared a story with me where... He was telling me how they have a really, they already have kind of a really good club culture. And, you know, they, they've been really one of like our um, most advanced schools in a lot of ways. And students are so great. We're working with them on different projects and it's really great, great cool. stuff going there. The coach is absolutely amazing. Um, and he shared with me how, like, because they've played against other schools, kind of, um, for example, one school in Poland and uh, Krakow um, during sports meets, you had, he had some of his esports students who were also, you know, on this sports team or whatever that like knew some of the players because they had played together virtually, right? Um, in, in, e yeah. in, in the esports so competition. Cool. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely like you'll have those competitions going. I think that, you know, really the, the, the goal with us with the esports competitions is to provide essentially, you know, help schools provide their students who are passionate about esports 
with a space to kind of belong and be celebrated and shine while representing their schools against uh, other schools, right? And so it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's seven week, you know, seven to nine week long uh, competitions, three turns in the year. Uh, and every week, uh, you know, your school will be competing against another school. Um, so, so yeah. And again, here the vision is to connect the international school network and, and kind of create um, that global community. And, you know, down the line, we're looking forward to having kind of, you know, our world championships for, for esports and hopefully have kind of a, a ranking of, you know, as many international schools as possible. And I think it's quite unique because in the international school space and, you know, all international educators will know this, you go to the same conferences, you move around schools. Yeah. There's kind of this like, you know, invisible network, right. Um, of teachers, sure. educators, um, schools and esports really provides a unique, uh, kind of, platform to really you know connect all these schools together in kind of one space right even if that's just through like a ranking or through a yearly competition right, yeah. so so we're really excited about the prospects of that as well yeah uh and you're right there is this very unique uh it's really hard to explain to people who haven't been in international schools <laughs> the the connectedness that you feel and it really is a small as big as it is, it's a pretty small community. Somebody knows somebody who worked with somebody exactly. or had a student of somebody at some point. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's amazing yeah. how, how quick that goes. You have a fairly new product called The Q, um, where you are saying that, you know, it's a safe place for students in international schools to play, engage, and socialize. Can you maybe talk a little bit about um, the, the new Q yeah, uh, definitely. Offering that yeah, you're doing so here? We're, we're still kind of like testing that out. And honestly, we're waiting kind of to hit a critical mass of schools where this makes more sense. But the idea is just to provide a safe space for students, right? I think the biggest fear from, you know, any parent is having their kids play and they don't know with who they're playing and they're playing with strangers online. Right. Yeah. So the idea here is that we're able to provide students with kind of reliable, um, it's basically recreating Eunice and I story, right? Trying to create those friendships yeah. globally. So providing kind of a safe space um, for students to, to connect kind of outside of the competition. Uh, but we're still very much developing that because we want it to be safe. We want it to be really a safe space and we want to be doing that incrementally um, to make sure that, you know, it, it becomes really a safe space and can be really a safe space. And we have a lot of plans on, you know, mechanisms on how we can help make it uh, a safe space and help with like monitoring and uh, a lot of different things. But um, so we're still very much like at the early days of that. But again, it's part of that broader vision of connecting the international kind of school network of saying mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're passionate about something and you can meet someone from, you know, another, another country in your yeah. continent, whatever it might be, who might be going through the same exact exams, the same exact, and yeah, they share right. a lot of passions, right? It, it's kind of being able to find community more widely and essentially really engage in global citizenship. Um, through esports for for these students, um, so that's kind of a broader vision. But we're still very much developing that. Um, and right now, our biggest focus is really getting, um, you know, kind of expanding our our international school competitions as well as uh, our gaming after school club um, for schools. And then once we feel like we're in a good space for for that, we'll be um, releasing kind of, you know, scaling up in terms of the numbers of schools we open this up to. Um, so yeah. 
How many schools did you have take place in the the uh, comp- the competitions last year? How many in different international schools? Did you have different leagues running yeah, so, around around so the world? Last year, we actually only had a league in Europe. Um, so we're really okay. excited to be um, launching multiple leagues um, within Europe, and then also leagues in the Middle East and Asia um, this fall. Um, so you know, we're we're quite excited to kind of expand um and that's great and uh you know we're 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 definitely excited to to have more schools join um i think that yeah again as i said we're the quicker and the, you know the closer we get to this goal of having a these um this kind of like international school global um ranking um yeah the happier you know um, and well, yeah, and, and I can just see, you know, you're going to have your regional tournaments and then your regional, the winners of regional tournaments are going to go on to play other regions. Yeah, I mean, exactly. this is a whole, <laughs> this is a whole thing. I mean, that's how the international world works, exactly. uh, in via regions anyway. So I think that's great. The last thing I want to talk about, and I think maybe it's the most important for, for teachers is you also have a product called the launch where you really help educators and schools understand and support them in setting setting this up for their school. And I think, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, if you're, you know, you've listened to all 11 episodes of this uh, mini series and you're starting to say, okay, I see this, I want to bring this to my kids. How do I get support in, in setting this up? That's really what the, the launch product is. Can you talk a little bit about how you support schools and even a, a coach or a teacher who's like, I wanna do this for our kids? What do I do? Yeah, so I guess the launch is really like kind of there's multiple pieces to it. I think the first is, you know, we love having conversations with schools and helping. And, you know, that's what I spend all my days doing is talking to educators about how they can get started. So the first is, you know, really like I'd say if that's if that's your position, <laughs> reach out, send me an email, book a call, and, you know, we'll get you started. Um, the launch really is just like kind of a repository of a lot of the kind of summarized articles that kind of, yeah, summarize the literature around esports. So it's really to help you better understand, you know, what pro esports are, kind of what's happening in schools, what's the peer-reviewed research behind this, right? Like, mm. you know, and, and and I know you've had uh, a few researchers uh, on on the show. Yeah, so like, part of the mini, exactly, yeah. on the miniseries. So you know, what, what does the literature say? Um, and just essentially, you know, exactly how to get started, what this can lead to, whether that's future careers, you know, college scholarships, kind of what the, the landscape is, um, and to help, you know, teachers better grasp that. Um, when, you know, and also kind of as a next step, as I said, you know, so there's kind of like the call, there's this repository of articles, and then there's just kind of our documentation for, for getting started once once you're kind of ready to go. Um, and, you know, we have that all ready for schools in terms of like, okay, how do I evaluate my current hardware? You know, how do I, what are my options in terms of like upscale, like scaling up my hardware solutions or improving them? And based on where you are, there's very different solutions and challenges that may arise. So just like, how do I get from zero to one in terms of setting this up a call mm. access to kind of our database of resources. And then, you know, once you're ready, kind of all the supporting um, literature you'll need to get started, but it's quite easy, honestly, for most schools with yeah. the current setup that they That's have. Great. And we've purposefully picked, so we're running chess, Minecraft capture the flag 
um, FIFA 23, and Rocket League. And we've purposely picked these games because some, like chess, require very, very, very little tech setup. Minecraft is similar. It's very light to run. And then obviously as you get yeah. into you know, Rocket League and then FIFA, it's, it's a bit... Um, has a bit heavier tech requirements, but we've done it purposefully so that any school can get involved. Mm. I love that because, you know, to your point, a lot of schools now have gone one-to-one. And so every kid's got a laptop and I can see schools saying, but we don't have the funds or we just gave every kid a laptop. We're not going to go, you know, build a gaming center with these high end gaming devices, which is all you hear about, but you don't necessarily need that nowadays. I mean, a lot of these platforms have, have become so good at being able to really, you know, take the tech requirement into consideration. I think Minecraft is a great, great example. I mean, it's all web-based now. You can, I think you can, can you play it on a Chromebook? Yeah. I think you can play Minecraft yeah. on a yeah. Chromebook now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that you can, yeah, you know, so you've got, uh, you've got some great ways to, to get kids into this. I love that Minecraft capture the flag. What a great introduction yeah. <laughs> to esports and using a platform, uh, that, that everyone knows, but, um, well, thank you uh, so much for being here and, and, and talking about uh, Diagon Esports. Again, if you are an international school listener uh, and you're looking to, you know, maybe bring this into your school or you just want to have further conversations or maybe you need to go grab your principal or your superintendent and say, we're going to book a call with Elliot so you can sit down and understand why we need this after school club or understand where our kids are and and how do we support some of our, our gamers that we might have in our school in creating these connections. And to your point, and I think people, hopefully people have heard throughout this mini series, all these other skills, when we talk about gaming, we're not actually, I mean, the game is just the platform. As you said, you said it so well, it's just the platform to engage kids in other things, becoming creators, learning how to code. You know, we have one of our, one of the people that came on, uh, talked about all the other skills behind, you know, being a live Twitch streamer and being able to do the audio behind the stream. Like there's all these other jobs that are more than just playing the game. And I think that is it, right? The game is the hook to everything else that we do. And, and we're always looking for ways to hook in students' passion uh, into our school. Right. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Again, that's uh, DiagonEsports.com. You can go over there and you can, there's a little inquire now button at the top. You can book your 30 minute or email Elliot and the team. Uh, again, small team of all internationally minded people. I love that these are international. Uh, you were an international student and now you're back supporting the, the community that, uh, that you went through uh, in so many different ways. So Elliot, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of our mini series. Uh, I really no appreciate worries. it. Thank you so much for bringing attention to, you know, such a great opportunities for schools and, and, you know, frankly, for empowering students. And again, um, I'm always happy for having you know, any conversation, even if it's just pure interest, even if you're not the decision maker, even if all of that, you know, if just interested uh, educators that want to chat, learn more, share ideas, anything. So don't hesitate and, and feel free to send me an email or, or book a time to chat. Awesome. Thank you, Elliot. Appreciate Thank you. it. Take care.